All right, I think we mentioned evangelism in the last episode, so I, I think we thought it would be a good idea to go into that topic in more detail. Here, we just want to talk about how evangelism in the faith context might not be that different in open source because we're also trying to get people to either do open source as a whole or get involved in your project. It was like talking to a friend about this who pointed out that the term evangelism in tech is like evangelism evangelism from religion, which sounds obvious, but I hadn't really thought of before. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of weird that we use this term evangelism, um, which has a religious context to it in tech. And so, yeah, we were going to talk about sort of like the relationship between the two. Yeah, it is interesting because I know there's like positions that are like, oh, I'm a dev evangelist or um, we're looking for a evangelist for our software, stuff like that. I don't even know. Is it like a term that people are trying to use less now? It seems sort of weird. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, maybe before it, they did. Now it's just like, uh. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we're going to talk about why it's, I guess, maybe not as bad as it sounds. Well, I, I guess first uh, I would say that like in, in tech, for some reason, people can be very adamant about what they believe as well. And and this is pretty obvious in terms of even open source where like I was just talking to my friend um, and he was saying how like I when I got really into Linux, I, I really wanted everyone to everyone needs to use Linux instead of Windows. And that's like the right moral, ethical thing to do because it's open source. Um, and then looking back, it's like, oh, I was kind of like pushing that on other people. Um, and that kind of helped him to think about how he evangelizes in terms of his faith as well. Yeah, like programming languages and just tribes in general, um, people can get very territorial about the technology that they're most excited about or most proud of. And I guess like in the on the one hand, it can come from a good place if you're just really excited about what you're using and you want to tell other people about it. Um, but then where does that line go uh, where you're kind of just pushing an idea on someone else or not respecting someone else's views? I think there's an importance in like that, you know, in the public sphere, we have, you know, we show people, um, yeah, charity and having the civility to be able to talk about those differences versus just like, oh, I think you're a bad person because you think that this language is better or this editor or this thing, a way of doing whatever you're doing is worse. This is like the difference between evangelism and proselytizing. Right. Proselytizing like officially part of Christianity also. I I think even these words have been kind of uh I guess changed over time. And some people might think they're the same exact thing. I guess most people would think that proselytizing is, has a very negative connotation. And then even recently, I guess evangelism does have a negative connotation in the generic sense of the term. But I, I think usually I would see proselytizing as more of like, yeah, like kind of like you're pushing your, quote, beliefs on people and it's like very aggressive. And I guess that means that you're coming from a position of like, I know what's better for you and everyone, like a position of power. Um, but then the generic term for evangelism is more, I mean, you're still telling about what you think is good, but you're not necessarily like pushing on anyone. You're not like... I would say you didn't come up beforehand. You have like this pre-packaged answer 
in terms of like arguing with someone, but kind of like humbly coming before them, be presenting something different um, and saying that this is what I, um, I guess, believe or adhere to. And maybe you might want to consider it. Mm. It's sort of like, it, it kind of reminds me of sales tactics, not to make it all uh, business-like or whatever, but um, people talking about how, I guess, the best kind of sales is where you're, you don't just have this prepackaged message that you're pushing onto someone else, but you're kind of letting them come to you or you're tailoring it to like that specific person you're talking to. Um, I guess it is kind of a sales thing. No, I, I actually, I totally think it is. Um, it's funny in some ways, like people think that um, like religious people are so evangelistic, but like that's what all of marketing is about. And business is about selling something to someone and convincing them that it's good. But maybe it's not through like just intellectually, but through a story or through some kind of thing. And that's what when we watch like advertisements or we go to the mall and all these things Everyone's always convincing you, trying to convince you that something is worth buying or believing in. I think it's different, or I guess when it's something that feels like a really personal choice to people. Um, or I guess that's where I've struggled with it. I think eventually like Quakers, as far as I know, don't proselytize, or at least like I went to a Quaker school where there was never any like, well, I don't know. I guess there was never any expectation to like convert or you know, you had to participate in meeting for worship like anyone else, but you could, it was expected that you could do that and not be Quaker. But I guess in the end, now that I'm thinking about it, it was almost that, like, I still consider myself to live a lot of Quaker values. And even though I don't consider myself to be Quaker, um, and I guess that kind of comes through just because no one is really aggressively pushing it on you. Um, I mean, I guess the point I was originally trying to make is that it's, I think I'm more wary of situations where like, yeah, my, it's, it's like my personal choice. And so I don't want to feel like I'm having something being sold to me, which is different from buying like, I don't know, a SaaS product or something. Uh, but then again, I guess like, where do any of our views and beliefs come from? Like people are always kind of, I don't know. I saw something recently that was like, um, I can't remember where I read this. It was like everyone is spouting someone else's philosophies or something like that. Of like the the most the people that are like most aggressive about their messages, it's not even like their own view. It's someone else's view. So I guess I don't know. There's no like really pure personal choice anyway. You're all influenced by someone else. Yeah, um, I guess going back to the the business thing, I think what happens is a lot of messages, they want it to be personal because it's like, oh, like if you buy these, I don't know, this, these clothes or this food, you're going to have a better life kind of thing. So they try to make it as personal as possible sometimes. Um, and I think what you said about um, not pushing anything is important because we don't want, at least in faith too, we don't want to like reduce what we believe in to just the idea and the message. Um, it is a message, but it's not solely what it is. And what we're trying to say is that we don't want to like kind of abstract that away from the reality of just living life. And you have to embody what that is too, not just like say uh, those words. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess that's what you're saying about how, you know, it's kind of, 
it's not just one package thing. Uh, I think a phrase that we like a lot of people use is like meeting them where they're at. Um, and I think it's like, how do you make that thing contextual to what they're going through? You can't really just say the same thing to every person. Uh, you want to listen to them. Um, and maybe that's probably most of the work that you have to be doing instead of talking the whole time. Do you think in the end, if someone didn't convert, I guess I don't really know the right term. I don't mean that literally. I just mean like, if someone didn't come over to your way of thinking, would you consider that a failure in the end? Or is it, I'm trying to extend this analogy further to advertising, I guess, where there's like brand advertising and then there's like, um, advertising with the intent to make someone buy something and sometimes like coca-cola does like brand advertising where like they're not literally trying to sell you coca-cola in the moment but they're selling you like this warm fuzzy feeling so that whenever you think of coke like you just think of these like fizzy little bubbles and happiness and whatever um and that's kind of the point of it and i wonder if there's an analogy there with just like personal lifestyles and like i don't know it's not necessarily about making someone be what you are but it's more about I'm seeing like that, what your lifestyle is like, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. I don't know if like, it's, I think it's pretty similar because yeah, I don't think you can expect you're going to talk to someone and then that moment they're going to like believe in what you believe or say you talk to someone about doing open source and then suddenly they want to do it. Um, I think it's, it, you know, we're asking for a certain level of commitment um, and it is pretty personal. I think, uh, I don't know if it's, it's like, you can talk to a whole group of people about something, but it, your, your message is so generic. It won't really make sense to them. And so I think I mentioned this before, even talking about like spiritual health, it's like, you want to walk with those people, um, through whatever they're going through. Um, and it's like, it takes time. Um, I don't know if it's really about like, you know, making, making them have good feelings per se. But um, yeah, I think it's kind of like over time, it's like, oh, this is a viable um, option for me to look into. I feel like this kind of relates to the idea of why, like the idea of just learning in public with open source or everything you're doing, you put it out into public um, because you never really know who's going to see it and who's going to like who it might affect. And it, it just makes more sense that you might as well do it publicly versus privately, which is in itself, I think, a form of evangelism, even if it's not evangelism towards like doing open source, but it's an evangelism towards like whatever it is you're putting out into the world or for yourself or your reputation or whatever. Um, but like, yeah, why do we default to public? And I think like it's that it's that idea that you're trying to like live by example, or I don't know, show something. No, yeah, I like that. Um, I think it's living in the public is kind of, uh, it's not just like what you're saying, like we're just trying to convince people to do open source, but maybe it's more like we're trying to convince them of the values behind open source. So maybe they don't code or they don't know anything about open source, but they're like, oh, in my field, you know, maybe it's research or something else. They're like, oh, I want to like make what I'm doing open as well. And I think that's really valuable because then people can kind of take what that is and uh, take it to where they have a lot more knowledge than we do. It is funny. I mean, open source in particular, like, I mean, it started as a software thing, but you hear people sort of misusing the term, but like just applying to like everything that means open. 
um, yeah. which is not necessarily maybe like ideal, but, uh, but it does speak to the idea that like the concept of open source is so powerful that it kind of spreads to these other places. Um, it's been fun for me to consider over the fa- past couple of years. Cause like I didn't come into open source by doing it. I was just sort of like reading around and studying it. Um, and at this point I feel like it's like really seeped into how I think about working in general. And I, it took me a little while, like a couple of years to realize like, Oh, this thing has actually changed me without even intending to kind of similar to, I guess, like Quaker school, uh, where it, it's not like I was like intending to ever really contribute or do anything or whatever. But now like I think of, uh, I think of it almost as, it's just like a really deeply held belief of mine now that like everything I do, I need to like put into public or record somehow or have up somewhere. Um, and yeah. And just like a lot of other things from, from open source. So I feel like those values kind of seep in um, unintentional if you spend enough time around it. Yeah. I, I think it kind of shows the value and I guess almost power of like habits and uh, things that we do day to day. Um and yeah, I think a lot of, you know, I guess you would say effective evangelism might come from not kind of like telling people and not even just living it out, but your own personal uh, reflection on what you believe. Like, it's like, if you don't actually truly believe it yourself and live it out, then how are you going to be able to like show or convince that in anyone else? And I think one of the and that if you think about it like that it's you're going to come from a place of humility because you realize that i know i'm not what you know these values are and i'm trying to work towards that um and i and i think it's when people see like it being lived out then people are more willing to want to chat about it or even you know ask about that yeah and ultimately i guess the decision falls on them which is maybe the important difference between i mean in the end it's always someone's decision but i feel like that makes it kind of different from evangelism versus proselytizing where it feels like proselytizing is like an intent to convert whereas evangelism is like in the end it's kind of like up to that person if they are inspired by what you're doing and want to learn more or want to like i don't know yeah explore it um but it's not no one is like aggressively trying to tell you to do something. It's like, it's, it's like anything else where like if I spend enough time around any of my friends or coworkers or whatever, like you start to just be changed by them. Um, it's just like more subtle, I guess. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, you still have the intent for that. It's just that you understand that, you know, obviously everyone's their own person and you want to respect uh, that they, that they are that you don't, you're not forcing anything on anyone. Um, and I think, um, doing it in that way, you know, it's kind of, you're putting yourself out there. And so it is a, I think the posture that we want to have with, uh, evangelism is basically being vulnerable. And I think a lot of times the best thing you can do is just tell your story, uh, which is why testimony is so important in, in faith, but also I think in open source, like I think about, like all the talks that I've given, which have none of them have been that technical per se, but just sharing about like, oh, how I got started in 
doing open source, you know, starting from not knowing anything about it and then somehow like becoming a maintainer. And I think it's like, oh, people f- realize that you're not like that special that, you know, they could have had that happen to them too, or they can relate to your struggles or whatever that is. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this um, in relation to like community values too. Like we're talking about it as like an individual, but also sort of like how does a community embody values and um, how does, yeah, how does the community collectively evangelize, I guess. Uh, and I was thinking about this open source survey we did at GitHub, I think two years ago now. And one of the things we had found, we were sort of like randomly sampling people on, on GitHub who were on open source uh, repositories about their behavior and then things they witnessed. And one of the things that came out of it was um, a lot of people had like witnessed a negative interaction uh, on a project and that made them not want to participate. And I guess the insight being that it's not even about whether you're it wasn't even about whether someone did something negative to you, but even if you witnessed a negative interaction happen, it would make people want to leave. And the takeaway for me on that was like, it's really important for a community to act as though everyone is watching because like, you don't know who might've stumbled upon your project and was thinking about contributing. And then they saw something and then it just put them off and then they left. Um, and yeah, I guess it's, it goes back to me, this idea of like, it's not even about who you're directly interacting with, but it's about like living through example or, um, yeah, just being, embodying like whatever it is that you want to embody all the time when people are watching or when you're in public and, and people will pick up on that and choose to sort of engage or not engage. Yeah, that is, uh, too real. <laughs> I feel that so much in, well, both in my faith and in open source, because I think the problem is, you know, that's true, but then that also may lead to like a sense of, you know, anxiousness because you know that everyone's watching. Um, and that's just the the issue with doing anything in public. Um, and even as people of faith, you're called to, um, you know, it, it says in the Bible that we're called to be ambassadors for Christ and witnesses. I think those are good words to explain that, you know, it's not what we believe or our story, but it's like God's story of how we should act. And we shouldn't, you know, you know, cater to in necessarily like dumb it down kind of thing, but like represent what that is. And we can't compromise on that either. Um, and that's what makes it uh, so hard because it's so easy for you to just say things, right? Um, but to live it out is is different, and I don't, yeah, like I want to be a person of integrity and to not be a hypocrite. But like what you said, um, anyone that says they are part of your group and they do something quote bad or wrong, and that it makes like the trust in all of it worse for everyone. Um, and so, like when you see like people calling out maintainers or saying they they're bad and all that stuff you feel really bad because you know that it's not just that person getting mad or that person feeling bad but everyone that sees it and that could be so many people i feel like everybody even outside of open source outside of religion whatever i mean we're all living in very like increasingly public lives um whether you know it or not (laughs) um and so it is a lot of pressure to 
be like, well, sometimes people slip up or sometimes you don't want to always be thinking about like, you know, what happens if someone puts this on the internet <laughs> and, um, and I'm suddenly like the center of attention and I didn't want to be. And so, I, I mean, I guess there is sort of like a two way relationship there too, right. Of like, what do you expect the other person to believe about you or like, is it okay to be fallible sometimes? Is it okay to make mistakes? Um, I feel like with evangelism, we're always talking about like what you're sort of projecting out to others, but like, what's the experience of the person receiving it? And like, what are the expectations for their behavior and like how they should engage with you, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think that's where posture of just listening to people is so important. Like if you go in yeah, I think it's you go into it expecting certain things out of a person. So then maybe that's why you're so, you know, aggressive on saying these things because you know they're going to respond a certain way. And so if you don't have that assumption, then you'll probably, you know, not you're not going to like bring up all these things immediately because it's not like that's just not relevant to getting to know them or they're like having a relationship with this person at all. It's kind of just like yeah, I don't, there's no, it's like, it's kind of, if I was going to bring someone to church, I'm not going to just ask them immediately, right? Um, I have no reason to do that. Um, but, you know, it's just like, how do you get to know this person, what they're dealing with, all this stuff? Um, and just being able to, and it's so much harder because you have to actually know what's going on with them. Um, and a lot of times, yeah, maybe you don't have to do anything. Um, it's kind of just the right timing, I think. Yeah. It seems to me that we're always more forgiving of people who show some level of like realness or vulnerability. Kind of going back to what you're just saying about like the posture being vulnerability. And I was trying to think like, I think like people are much more gleeful to take someone down when there's someone who's been like espousing, you know, very strict values or just like really aggressively pushing their ideas or something. Um, like, I don't know if we find some sort of scandal about like a conservative politician and that's like, we just like love to see them go down. Um, but I think like coming at it, coming at like everything in life from that position of, um, vulnerability, like it, that almost like helps create this contract between you and the people that you interact with where if you're coming at it from like, I'm not perfect and I don't know everything uh, and I'm just sort of being open and listening to you and asking you to listen, um, then people are just much more forgiving, I think, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I think it's important because um, I I don't think, like, coming off as, like, you know, self-righteous, that kind of thing, is definitely not going to bring anything helpful. Um, and even you're, you're saying about, like, you know, when people do something bad um it's so easy for us especially now because everything is public and instant um that it's so easy for us to just say like oh like this person's so bad and like it, it makes us feel like we're so much better um and i think it's it has this weird negative effect where like the more bad things that happen that other people do you you think yourself that you're not capable of doing that either um weird isn't it yeah it becomes a sort of like downward spiral into i don't know I mean, maybe it goes back to what I was saying about the witnessing community interactions. Like when you feel like that behavior is okay, then you kind of engage more deeply in that negative behavior and then it kind of spirals down, which I think makes it all the more important that people try to 
go higher instead of lower. Yeah, no, sorry. Like the whole mob mentality of like, oh, this person sucks. So I'm going to also say they suck. And then like, you're not ever looking at yourself to see if you're be, you know, having those same behaviors. And it actually reminds me of that, um, uh, that quote from Batman about how like, what was it like? you die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Um, I think that's pretty applicable in a lot of areas. Dark. <laughs> I guess I was just wondering if like, I mean, I, I just kind of, this is maybe a cheesy thought, but just like everyone in some sense is evangelizing something. Right. And so it was, sort of odd to me, I guess, that like religious evangelism gets a bad rap. I think maybe because there are people who have done it in more extreme ways that is like not desirable, but in the end, like sort of, I guess the way we've described it, like it doesn't seem any different to me than like how anyone is trying to live their life and be a positive example for others. Right. Like, is there some other piece of it that I'm missing or is it really just no different from any other kind of evangelism? Uh, I guess I would say there's yes and no. Like, I think some people would say it is different because we're talking about something that is like ultimate, right? Um, uh, which is like something that you commit yourself to, which like your whole life should be based around. But in another sense, I would say no, because a lot of the things that we believe and want people to believe are things that are of ultimate concern that do matter um, in the long run. And I think in a lot of in a lot of ways, things that we think are insignificant, like small whatever things that happen in our lives, they do affect us in a big way. And so it's kind of just saying that like these small little, I don't know, pieces of information or habits, those things change us in a way that helps us think about like um what you know the purpose of life is or or how do we deal with suffering or um what does it mean to be happy and stuff like that another thing was uh in evangelism a lot of times if you are um not having that like doing the listening first you will probably use your own terminology um that they probably not want, they don't understand. And so, especially in like Christianity, we'll, we'll say like a lot of things that people might not get at all, especially now where it's kind of, we're in this post-Christian world where maybe before you're like, oh, we talk about like, um, just like grace and mercy and sin and all these words, um, sanctification, like all these things. And then if you say that now, people have either, they don't know what it is or they have a different picture of what that is. And so it's important to be able to talk to people in a way that is just normal language. Um, and I think that's important, especially like even in open source. So we'll say all these things like Git and all that. And they're like, what is that? Right. And so I think it's good for us because it helps us to understand more deeply, like what this is actually about. Um, I know I've been talking a lot with my friends that they're like, oh, like, cause what happens is you meet someone new and they'll be like, what do you do? And now it was easier before because I just said like, oh, I work at, you know, this company like Adobe or something. And now it's like, oh, do you like have your own startup or 
or your own company or what, what is that? And so I'd be like, oh, yeah, I do open source. And then you go into this whole thing trying to explain what that means um, and trying to find different analogies and all that. That's unfortunate because, yeah, I mean, I, I, it goes back to this principle of like avoid jargon in general, I think. But like even the term open source sounds jargony <laughs> and it's really hard to avoid like it, it's kind of hard to explain. I found it's hard to explain what open source is or what I work on um, to someone who like does not know anything about software. So I like, I'll usually talk about doing it in public. Um, yeah. It's like collectively created among like, you know, a bunch of different people all over, but it's really hard to explain it. Um, and I, I've never, I've, I really like this. I really do like not like the term open source for this reason. I just think it sounds so jargony and it's so like, I don't know. It just, I think it just like puts people off. Cause it's just, even if you work in software, um, even if you are familiar with open source, I think if you say that you work on open source stuff, people still have this preconceived notion of what that is. And like, I don't like that either. Um, because the term means a lot of different things to different people. And yeah, I, I really struggle with that of like finding the right, the right way to talk about what I do or what I'm interested in. Um, I try to go as long as possible without using the term open source, unless I'm lazy, and then I just kind of say, <laughs> <laughs> "That's so funny." <laughs> yeah, I, I think I end up just saying like, "Oh, it's the opposite of closed source," and I have to say what source is, like source code, and I'll probably use an analogy of like Wikipedia. Um, cause people know what that is. So it's kind of like based on what I think they know or they've told me, um, even actually if there's someone from church, I'll actually just say like, I'll talk about how it's like a community, um, and people are doing volunteer work and they're giving away for free kind of thing. Um, it is funny that people end up asking like, Oh, how do you make money? And then we can go into that. Yeah. I think it's the cultural part that I struggle with of. Like I can, I could explain what it is, but not necessarily what it means. And in that sense, maybe it's sometimes like worse to talk to people in software versus outside of software about it because they do just have an idea of what it culturally means to do open source. And the the weird part, I guess, is like there's just such a wide range. Like for some people, they assume it's like super like I don't know, like hippie stuff. Um, and then some people assume it's this very like corporate thing. Cause like that's the open source project they know. And, uh, it, everyone just has like a different idea of what it means. And so it's like, I, I think I hesitate to talk about cause I'm just like, I'm not sure what that other, what's going on in that other person's head when I say it. And then once I say it, I feel like I can't unsay it or change it. Um, it's actually similar now working for a company in like the crypto space that like, I really try not to use that word unless I'm feeling lazy and then sure, whatever. But, um, but like, I don't like that that sets off so many different ideas in someone's head about like what it means or what kind of company it is or what I do. And um, yeah, it's like hard to kind of have control of that message or story, I guess. Um, and I imagine it's similar for like, I am actually surprised at um, how many open source developers are open about their faith publicly because I feel like if I were Christian, I would worry about people just, you know, if you say that, then just they're putting on a lot of assumptions about who you are or what you care about or, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you... Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> Everything that you said. Like, especially if you're not 
and like, I mean, cause you're in New York now. Right. And I, I don't know, maybe it was different um, where you grew up or something, but like, like, yeah, I don't know like any religious people in my life really like in San Francisco um, and like urban places. So it's like even harder to, you know, being religious at all is one thing. And then another thing to kind of say like you're Christian or anything like that. Yeah, no, it's definitely a issue. Um, and that's why I so encourage that we're doing this podcast, I guess. <laughs> in the first place yeah i i I think that's probably a a really good like it's like oh we're talking about all these terms for open source like christianity like if you say you're a christian it means so many things to people um and so that's same thing i think people actually don't say that as much they they won't say they're christian they'll say like some other form of what that like oh i follow jesus or something (laughs) because it says something different or a lot of people they don't yeah and even there's like evangelicalism, um, being an evangelical, which is more of a political thing. And so you probably don't want to say that either because like that says certain things about or stereotype about what you believe or who you are as a person even, right? People just start judging you on those kind of things. Yeah. That makes the whole evangelism thing even harder then because it's like you almost don't even want if to, if, if it's hard to even talk about being the thing, much less. I don't know everything else that comes with it. Like it just seems, it seems very difficult. Yeah. I think it just changes based on the timing. Like, you know, maybe like 500 years ago, um, you could say that and everyone was Christian or whatever. Everyone was religious. Yeah. If you weren't though. Yeah. It'd be weird if you weren't, I guess. And then now it's almost like the opposite and it's only perceived as pretty negative. Um, so it's just a different situation to be in. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can find us on Twitter at LeftPad or Nyafia or on our website, hopeandsource.com.